Oh man, Garrett. Garrett. Man, I can't. I gotta let everyone know at home that like when get when we, right before we we say okay, let's cut the chatter. It's time to get rolling on the show. Garrett loves to complain about his job. Like he just rags <laughs> on everything. He's like. He tells us the worst, most crazy stories and like just how much he hates his boss. What he's stolen. <laughs> what he's stolen from work. What he's done. Like, you know, the, the terrible acts of vandalism. How he's treated least, his customers. Just, yeah. Like just we're talking about we're talking about like graffitiing their cars during breaks. I don't even know how that's possible considering <laughs> like I know his actual job. But, uh, you know, but. More power to you, Garrett. You know, I really appreciate it. Take it as you know, yeah. Sticking it to the sticking it to the guys who need it stuck cool. too. Once I was pretty sure we were going under as a business, I was like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> what what have I got to lose? What have they done for me? And That's right. uh um Yeah, I mean I I just want they to stop. Name one I, thing. <laughs> they couldn't name one thing. They couldn't name one thing. What have you done for me? <laughs> hmm? What have you? What have you, you walked, done for you me? You walked into their office and they hung I, their head down in I, shame. I put my index finger right in my boss's lapel He's and I in. say, "Hey, bub, <laughs> just tell Give me one little, thing you've ever done for me." A lot of tests. Your boss wear a lapel, Garrett? <laughs> is that no? Does he my, wear a nice big old suit to work. Uh, my boss is in, in all actuality. My boss is a female, and she is one of the nicest human beings ever. So don't. Uh, so did you feel that bad when you stuck it to her? <laughs> so, did you yeah. feel worse when you? Well, so she, when you, you gave her the when finger? you lit a cigarette in the office and you flicked it against her forehead, <laughs> made you, did you feel bad about it? Did you feel bad about that since she's a good person? Yeah, because she's nice. No, I'm 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 cool, man. I'm he's cool. He's, he would never do that. No, thankfully we have board games <clears throat> to allow us to live this fantasy vicariously, right? Es- escapist to, fantasy. This, exactly. Everyone wants to quit their job and just. Flip a table and go out, uh, go out in a in a big bang, and you know we're finally gonna be examining a way for everyone to do that. But the real question is, is do you want to? Do you want to live it out vicariously if you gotta do it through this board game? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Roll and Move, the internet's podcast that takes a look at some of the weirder, more bizarre, more maybe on the not good side, or maybe. Maybe on the good side, sometimes that happens. Board games out there, and we break them down for you guys. My name is Thomas Youngerberg, and I am one of the creators and co-founders of Rough Draft Games. And with me here, as always, is... Garrett Lively. This isn't the hardest I've had to work to slack off, but it's definitely top five. Top five? Top five, yeah. Oh, man. It was was definitely a lot of work. Let me tell you, (laughs) I don't think playing over webcam has really dogged us before, but for this one, (laughs) heavy stuff. Heavy stuff. Next on the list, Gloomhaven. <laughs> I believe Just it. crank it right on up. <laughs> and also with us here is? Uh, Jeff Lee, if I had the option, I would steal candy corn, but I don't think that you know it'd really be a crime. So <laughs> Yeah, they're just going to throw it out anyways. It's just trash that they put yeah, on the it's shelves. it's going out. Yeah, yeah. No harm down, no harm, no foul. That's yep. what I say. Could feed the birds. <sighs> All right. Well, uh, today, boys, we're, we're taking a look at a game all about quitting your job. It's called five-fingered severance. And that could be a little coded phrase. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It could be coded. Our, our listeners might not really know. Five-fingered severance? What is that? <laughs> That's a business term. I have five fingers. I don't understand. Can anyone break down this vernacular, this jargon for our viewers? I can't. No. <laughs> I, can't. <laughs> I mean, at severance, uh, of course, when you when you get fired, uh, the mm-hmm. five-fingered Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to help me out if you if you have the uh, the insight here. Well, they you guys have never just, heard the saying uh, five finger discount. I've heard five finger discount and I've heard yeah. severance, but I never <laughs> it's a heard combination of those the combination two. of the two. And I've never right. heard severance in terms of like like an hourly wage job. You know, like it's not right. like you know it's not like people get severance at like a supermarket right. or whatever. So it's just kind of confusing. Initially, right. I thought this was a, was a weird gore game. <laughs> You're. Yeah, I think Cut I think the main it. point. Yeah, the main point is that you're you are stealing your way to a four hundred one k, right? And, and if that's that's rhyming, and that should be on your box, but guys, that should be like you know in stealing the quotes. Your way stealing your way to a four hundred one k. That's perfect. That should be in the commercials, right up there with Crossfire. <laughs> uh, but anyways, <laughs> but but anyways, yeah. So yeah, your five finger discount that you're trying to apply, you're stealing. 
your way to a nice little severance package. But you're doing more than just stealing in this game. It's all about just the uh, the amount of chaos that you can generate as you are quitting your job in this little tiny convenience store. Uh, it's a competitive game, for sure. Uh, you're going up head-to-head against your, your friends, trying to cause the most damage as you can. But you're also trying to get each other in trouble, which, story-wise, that doesn't really make sense if you're, you know, these are your co-workers and you've seen them all for so long. They, I would imagine that most of them are probably pals, but... The uh, but yeah, it is a it is a competitive game. Very. Would you say this is? We use the phrase Munchkin esque a lot on this show. Would you say that that also applies here, Jeff? Yeah, it's definitely a gotcha game. Um, where or I guess the intent of it is, uh, we can talk a little bit later about the gameplay and um, how much we utilize the gotcha mechanics. But yeah, I'd certainly say it's in the in the similar vein to Munchkin. Mm-hmm. And can you tell us a little bit about the people behind this game, Garrett? Because I was actually the one who orchestrated playing this game, so I'm going to be doing the what's in the box stuff. Thank God. I need a chance to rest my voice. Yeah, my back has been just mm-hmm. aching Ooh. from doing all yeah. these. From opening these, the boxes. These Let's from Plays. The boxes. The webcam Let's Plays, yeah. Those Cardinal Tin boxes, man, that's like deadlift and stuff. Heavy. I'm running yeah. out of space, my uh, my. <laughs> Two-bedroom apartment here. <laughs> uh, so we have Patrick Leader letter. Um, Patrick, I apologize if I mm-hmm. if I got that name incorrect. But Patrick uh, is known for a series called Vast, which he has done extensive entries into the Vast series. Um, and I believe he's also going to be featured on the Root expansion, the upcoming Underworld expansion. Uh, right. But other than that, he's got a couple of uh, smaller games. But his, his biggest games are Vast. And then the five fingered severance, vast. I believe, like I said, it's got it's got a it's got four four to I don't know four to six maybe expansions. It's got a it's got a ton of entries into the into the system, and it is a action point hand management type of game. Um, and I I haven't played it myself, but I, I it's it's got pretty high reviews. I think it's got like sevens, sixes, six and you know six high sixes. Uh, low eights across the all the entire library there so he's pretty well respected and um he's i think he's got his own publishing company now leader leader letter games i'm not sure how to pronounce that and i believe okay. also that uh who was it the were they minion games is the yeah yeah when you said letter games i was very those it's interesting because this was published by minion who's uh mm-hmm. who's done a couple right of letter, what well, so i i think he established letter games to produced the vast series himself uh, and I, I think he worked on minion before that because this game came out back in 2001 i want to say uh yes 2011 2011 2011 and uh so yeah he was with minion games then or minion games i guess contracted him out and then the vast series has been coming out these past couple of years like you know 2017 2018 so the minion games library is a little bit larger than patrick himself they have the manhattan project which is a rather large game they had uh, battle merchants which was a pick up and deliver type game that uh, got a lot of play back in 2000 mid mid 2010s 2014 2015 something like that and then uh, they had the Dragon Flame, Dead Men Tell No Tales games. So they they have a they have a a more reputable or a more uh, well known library to go along. So some definitely some big games. And and you know since 2011, I feel like some more reputable games compared to this Five Fingered Severance. Right. It makes a little bit more sense too, especially because when we're talking about the contents of the box and sort of like everything that's included. There are a couple aspects to the board game that do feel a little, they feel a little underdeveloped, a little on the cheaper side. Uh, I actually played this game once with Allison prior to playing with you guys because I was, I, I can't learn rules just from reading them. I put it <laughs> into practice, uh, so I knew sure, that I was going to yeah. need a dry run. Um, but when when we did so, I, I turned to Allison and I was like, this feel, it's, I mean, it's a very much a playable game, but... I'm going to be using probably the words prototype quite mm-hmm. a bit uh, as, as I sort of describe sort of the, you know, the general quality of the game, which isn't necessarily, it's not a bad thing for a prototype, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll be going into that a little bit more uh, later on as far as the quality of it. But it, it doesn't surprise me that the quality of minion games has increased over time since 2011. So, uh, so Tom, since you had the pleasure, first of all, what, what's it like? You, you enjoy getting to the host, you enjoy the webcam experience, having to focus it, in on pieces. 
So I had to, in order to make this game happen, I had to use my laptop, get it on a little bit of a higher <laughs> level, and just sort of aim it down at the board. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it is It is a board game. You might not know that by looking at it because of all the cards covering it by the end of the game, but there is a board under there, I promise. <laughs> uh, and the thing is that makes this game so difficult to play over webcam is all the different mechanics that it's trying to utilize. It's There's hidden information with cards that only certain people know. Uh, there are, you have to tabulate victory points, which are written on individual discs that you're picking up throughout the game. In addition to that, there are victory points written on certain cards that you have to tabulate. Then you also have to measure that against sort of the punishment mechanic of the game, which is the heat meter, how angry the boss is getting at you as you do all these ridiculous actions throughout the game. Uh, it's a lot of information going back and forth between the players that I had Allison sitting next to me. She was. Texting I was going to say cards. you you employed an ingenious mechanism that that I haven't used yet, and that's pulling in your significant other and just mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, send all the hidden information to to my boys." And uh, right. she was basically the 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 dungeon master, the the GM, basically. Although Allison I don't think really that would ever work out. with Cat. Let's be real. I don't think Cat would sit <laughs> no, through. She an would hour never do. No, no. And take pictures. Allison was a champion. She was great. Yeah. She she took all the pictures of all the cards as they drew new cards, and she would send it to the guys, and uh, that was how we would try and get the information across as quickly as possible. Even with these precautions that we took, this was still a very tedious game to play. And as I go over sort of the how to play this game and everything that comes in the box, I think you'll start to see why. So well, you guys bef- like to... Hold on, but, well, before we get okay, to that, well, I do, I do want to know, so... Longtime listeners know that when I'm looking for a bad board game, I got my my local digs. I hit up mm-hmm. HPB on North Lamar Boulevard here in Austin, yes. Texas. Mm-hmm. Where did where did you find Five Fingered Severance? I was you stole out it. of town in okay. San Francisco. Okay, and I found a half price books. Nice. Okay. I went in and I got this Perfect. for seven dollars. Did Keeping you the brand. go to the Keeping half the brand price alive. books in Berkeley? <laughs> yes. Oh, awesome. Okay, I've been to that yeah. one. Nice. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, that's the one over in Berkeley. Yeah. All right. But, well, and then I think we need to know what attracted you. Was it was it the amazing artwork on the side of the box? <laughs> <laughs> the artwork on this is a little. It's a little. We have a we have a good friend of ours. You remember? Uh, did you ever see Bill Bailey's yeah. uh, anime drawings? Uh, that's exactly what I what I, I think of <laughs> when I see this. <laughs> we love you, Bill. Uh, but they were, you know, if, let's be real. Probably draws better than us. But oh, yeah. they're very, they're very cartoony. They're very like early two thousand and six web comic. Yeah, it looks very much uh, like a web comic. That's the exact term I was going to use. Right. Uh, but it was, I mean, it it works for I guess sort of the feel of the game. But I don't know. I would have liked to see more detail on like the box and a little bit on the design aspects of it. The character models aren't the worst thing in the world, but. There's a lot of let's just say that there's a lot of solid backgrounds on this. But that's not the reason why I bought it. They uh, it was for the price. It was the only thing that looked like <laughs> it was the only thing below ten bucks. That's San Francisco you, markup, you, you know. It's pretty rough. It's I just expensive. want everyone. I want everyone to know, and I think we've mentioned this before, but this is the exact way that Thomas orders food off of the menu. He's just like, oh, this is that's two bucks. I, I gotta get that. That's oh, a lot cheaper. A lot cheaper than everything else. This is a pretty good deal. Hey, you know, if it's a good deal and it tastes great, you're going to be having a good time. So that payoff when you manage to make those two those two moons align. <laughs> Buddy, there's nothing. Pretty good. Get that third P. I, I do think that just leaves one question uh, as far as kind of the whole experience here is normally I get to share everything that spills out of the the four walls of cardboard that we have but i think we need to know from from tom and i'm so excited to find are you gonna ask this. it you want to ask it you gonna ask I, I it yourself ask. i want to ask I've, you can I've ask yourself the game before i don't know what you guys i'll let you i'll about. let you ask it yourself. it's been a while i'm yeah, yeah it's been a while you you did um you did uh what the, the outburst midnight outburst yeah yeah. Midnight outburst. yeah yeah and that was that was less of a that was less of an less that was just a box of cards right yeah. that was just yeah. a box yeah. of cards so this is your first like board game though right yeah so i want to know tom what is in the box? Okay, all right. So when you Very open well this done. box up, you get a uh, you get a nice around ten pager rule book. You can find the PDF online. Garrett and Jeff did the same thing. 
Uh, it, it's fairly well organized. You're going to be doing a lot of back and forth, bouncing between the pages to sort of figure out everything that this rule book is trying to say. There's a lot of aspects that are not very clear as to when certain actions are resolved in the middle of the game. You have to read it a couple times and then do a little bit of guesswork on your own in order to make sure that everything's running smoothly. Uh, but you got that rule book. <laughs> yeah. Then you're also going to get a bunch of t like little tiny circle discs, right? Discs are a big part of this game, and there's a lot of different types. So... You're going to set up the board, which is also in the box, and it's got a bunch of different locations on it in this sort of rundown convenience store, that, store that's getting ready to close down. You have a couple of different aisles. You have where the drinks are served with the, you know, the soda fountains. You have the storeroom. You have the freezer. You have the office, and you have the restroom. And each of these rooms has a specific purpose. Some of the rooms are where customers can spawn and uh, certain Slack options can spawn. I'll get to those later. And then the offices, of course, where the uh, where the boss usually stays, unless you have him moving around. So you have this board that is all your locations on it. Then you're going to have a series of tokens. Now, in each of the aisles, each of the aisles has their own inventory of stuff that you can steal. That's one of the important actions that you can do during the game. In addition to the items that you have, like each column, each aisle having their own uh, giant little stack of uh, poker chips... You can also, uh, you're going to find in this box, another stack of chips called Slack Tokens. That's the other big way of getting points. Or there's a lot of big ways of getting points in this game. So you steal stuff to get points, these little victory points, and you stuff them in your locker. And then the other thing you got to do is you have to, uh, you you have the opportunity to, to slack off at work. And that will also generate victory points that are, for some reason, mislabeled Slack Points. There's a lot of different points. They all do the same thing. They help you win the game. I'm talking a mile a minute here. Guys. No, you so, any, so you have I, any questions? Well, what I, I do want to say is so that basically there's 10 different actions and what, yes. what like 60% of them amount to is take I'm a risk. I'm telling what's in the box right now. There, no, I'm I, telling what's I in the box. I understand, but there, there's like these, all these different items and things and they're all basically risk versus reward. Like, do mm -hmm. I want to take this big risk token and, and, you know, get this huge reward. And so basically all those components just are different risk reward scenarios right right yeah because if the boss catches you stealing or slacking or uh with stolen goods on you you're going to your heat meter is going to go up right that's essentially your hp if it reaches too high you're fired and you're gone uh yep. there are a surprising amount of intricacies to this game uh <laughs> that's not a good thing uh not with this. too many ways to keep score there's, right there's too many ways to keep score it is by the time that you're done, because here's here's the way the turn works, right? You have your slack options, you have your steal options, you can do over those. Like Garrett said, you got like 10 or 11 actions that you can take. And you have this giant deck of these little tiny, what do they call them, work cards? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Work cards that you draw. You draw two work cards before your turn starts. And you have to put them on their corresponding aisle. But there's like four or five different types of work cards. There's work cards that are... Uh, they're, they're like, Hey, here, yeah, that's you, you're, it's an automatic heat up. Screw you. You just lost life. Essentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, there are cards that will reduce your heat. If the boss is on your tile where you decide to work for a change and you like crush boxes or do inventory or whatever, Move those boss. go on the aisles. You have customers who can come in where you have the option to yell at the customers or help the customers, which will either raise your heat or lower your heat accordingly. Uh, and those go in aisles. And if one of those is in an aisle, then that means that you can't steal from that aisle. In addition to customers going into the aisle, there are special different types of customers called, like, there's there's one customer that will help you steal stolen stuff. There's another customer that will cause you to lose a turn. There's a couple customers that don't do anything. They just generate victory points for you if you insult them and get you closer <laughs> to getting fired. Then there's another type of card that allows you to move the boss to a random location. There's another type of card that causes you to draw six work cards. And then there's another type of card, which is a slack option, right? It'll say, yep. hey, you can slack off in aisle three and generate slack tokens there. And then there's another type of card called the final slack, which you can only use once. And as soon as you do that final slack, it gives you a big number, like six victory points, and it automatically gets you fired, right? You are you are gone from the game. Uh, that's 
only some of the ways that you can generate victory <laughs> points. You can also generate victory points by not getting in trouble and reducing the amount of heat on you that you have for the boss. Because the further away you are from like 30, which is your, you know, if you got 30 heat, you're in big trouble. So if you remain at zero for the whole game, you can get 30 points by the end of it. If by the time everybody else is fired, that's when the game ends is when there's one person left. We didn't make it that far. Uh, we played a couple of rounds trying to strategize. And we're like, okay, we got, we got the picture. The first time I played, I did get that far. So did I cover all the ways to like all the different stuff that's on this board uh, that you're looking at. I think, I think you covered all the components for sure. Yeah. You have the player stands, right? Yeah, you there. have the player stands. You got because you're moving your player stand around the board. You have the boss thing, like it moves out of the office. Do you specifically and goes, talk about items too? Like I Right. There's there's, there's, <laughs> there's items also involved with this game. Each item that you can steal from different locations gives you a certain amount of victory points. If you go to the cashier or the cash the cash register rather and you steal from that location, you could get something like a lottery ticket or cigarettes or, you know, a gun, something you'd find at the cash register. If you steal in the freezer, you get a frozen pizza. It's going to be worth different yeah. victory points for each one. And then you have to go store it in your locker. It is a lot. I know most of you, if you're still listening, I'm proud of you because it's a lot of information to take in for this game. Yeah. And it was it was very stressful. When I was going over this information with you guys, what were your thoughts as I was just trying to lay out all the rules? I, Did you guys have a grasp of it, or were you like... So, Tom, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I, and I, I haven't shared this yet. You were, like, maybe halfway in to just explaining the different locations before I just downloaded the rules myself and read them. Uh, yeah. So, because <laughs> it, was, it is so dense. Uh, I think you're like, I, I don't know if there's a PDF of this online. It's like, yeah, there is. I'll send it to Jeff real yeah. quick. <laughs> like, I already had it ready. But yeah, man, this is, and this isn't not nothing against you. This game is just dense. Like, like you said, 10 different actions and they all just do slightly different things. But and it's location it's, based too. Yeah, you're moving yeah. around the board, so they need the people that you're playing with. They gotta. We're trying to play this thing over webcam. That's part of a. That's partly our mistake. I'm gonna try not to let it affect yeah, the score. Yeah. So like, there's like like you said, there's there's customers, and each of those customers can do a different thing. And then there's like jobs, and each of those jobs can do a different thing. And then there's like slacking, and each of those slacks are worth different points. And then there's like events, and each of those events do different things. So it's like. Not only there's are times there... two multipliers, right. there's times yeah. four multipliers. I, I think the problem with this game is that they tried to introduce like a lot of replayability through slight variants, but when other mm -hmm. games do it, what, they, what a great job that they do is they don't introduce too much into the game at one point, at one single point. So, like for example, like Betrayal um, does a great job of like, yeah, there's like 50 different ways to replay the game, and there's different ways in which in which you win, different win conditions, but you're only playing one scenario every time. Um, right. So it's, you know, it's kind of boxed in by, by the rule set, but in this game, it's like, no, we're going to toss it all at you. Uh, and you know, you might get a two times right next to a three times, or you might get two stacks of two times right next to each other. And maybe a customer's in there. And there's just so many little rules that you have to take into account when you're doing anything and moving right. around um, and trying to optimize. I think that's the other thing too. It's like, it's really hard to optimize around what your play sets are. And sometimes that's good, but you know, like it's, I was looking around and I'm like, well, what can I do? That seems to be the best move <clears throat> right now for me. And there's just like, mm -hmm. you have to look at, you have to take like five minutes to look around the board just to see what, what's out there. I, we I, didn't even talk about plot cards. <laughs> oh yeah. There's plot cards. Too. Like each person gets to draw five cards that they can use at any point during their turn to move the boss or move themselves, or they have any random effect. There's even one where you can pickpocket from another person. If you're on the same like actual location you can play those at any time, and then there's another action which lets you draw more of those. It was just like kind of big brain dump, right? It feels like the designer wanted. There's like all these little elements that he thought about that was like, oh, these would be really cool in a board game, and he decided to just include them all. It's kind of like he knew the game was gonna just uh, flop, and so it's like you know, it was the last day on the job. I'm just gonna throw it all in here, <laughs> and so like all all six expansions made it into the the base set. He's just like, well, we're not gonna right. get to publish get to publish the plot card expansion. So we're just going to throw it into the, to the main box. So maybe he was feeling, feeling, uh, ironically, yeah. the, uh, the same thing as the, the lackeys of the, of five fingered severance. Maybe, maybe it was his last game for minion games. We all, <laughs> and, and that was sort maybe. of what he was going at, you know? Uh, but it is a very overwhelming experience. I, I gotta ask, is this the most, 
I, I don't convoluted? know. Convoluted? Convoluted game that we've played on the podcast yet. Uh, um, so I was thinking about, I, I was, one thing I was thinking of, like this, you said this is probably the hardest game to play over webcam. I would tend to agree with that. And I was thinking back on that. The only other one may have been Lord of the Rings. I was just was thinking just about Lord of the Rings. It was so yeah. expansive yeah. because it took up my entire like kitchen table with a leaf put inside. Right. Which, which was pretty large, no, but yeah. like generally, generally the games that we're going for aren't from well-established designers that have put a lot of thought into this and have introduced right. new mechanics. So it's just variations of, you know, Monopoly or Trivial Pursuit or whatever. So yes, I think as far as the games we've played, this, this has definitely been the most dense and convoluted game that yeah, we've played. Yeah, the thing is, like, you, you can see that in the rules, like, we a lot of times we actually got confused and we thought, oh, these rules are actually convoluted and they, they clashed against each other. But if you read really closely, they actually didn't. But it, it just goes to show that how much small nuances there were there were in the rules where like, oh, in most cases, you're going to only play one card. But in this one particular case, you can you can also move the boss again or something. And it's just like it's right. it's these rules that you wouldn't know. Um, you know, a lot of times when you that's because your character had a special ability. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Because all the characters have special abilities, too. Yeah, exactly. And, and the thing is, like, usually when you play a game once, you kind of get an idea for like when you can do what, because thematically it makes sense or you know, from the concept of the game, it makes sense. But a lot of the times here, the only reason why something made sense is because it was, that's how they said it in the rules. So there wasn't something that kind of stuck out as like, oh no, that shouldn't violate the, the theme of the game because it's just kind of all made up, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, know what, you know what this game was kind of like? <clears throat> and in, the game itself, not so much, but like kind of, like imagine this experience. Like you guys have both played Dominion. Yeah. Imagine if you just took every card in Dominion and put it in, to a deck and so every time you drew oh, yeah. a card yeah. you'd have to read the entire card to like try and figure out what right. it does and then like ask ask question about the rules within that card and then that's one card in your hand and then you have four more that you have to go through and read and so and so like every single card you're taking five minutes to try and comprehend yeah just right. how to play that one specific yeah like thing. similarly i can imagine like <clears throat> imagine you play dominion and every turn it goes around the supply gets swapped out with 10 new cards <laughs> like you have to still <laughs> so buy you yeah read, like yeah. you have to still buy cards or otherwise you can't move forward in the game but like there's no cohesion in, in the cards that you're like in the deck that you're building really and it just no, nothing really makes sense ever so yeah it's right it's a good analogy did you guys have any strategies as you were playing this and you were dealing with all the rules? Were you just, or are you just trying to fly by the seat of your? Well, I did, and and this is actually a common complaint among a lot of games with like um, uh, uh, variable player powers, or like if if you have uh, disproportionate setups. So like if your if your character has a certain power that only he can use, it's it's often your best strategy to exploit that. Right. And so that's what I did. My character could uh, insult customers from anywhere on the board and basically just get free victory points just by standing in place. Yeah, and you save so a I, turn, so too. I, yeah, so I went to a spot on the board where I would continuously be drawing plot cards and I would just insult insult customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this, the customers kind of started slowing down and my, all my plot cards were just like to move the boss to very specific locations that didn't that nobody else was at. So I, I kind of lost some steam there. So yeah, that, that was kind of my strategy and it, it, it seemed to be going pretty well at the beginning. Yeah. For me, it um, was, um, my character card was, I would, so you have to do a set, you have to do a, um, what do they call it? a suspicion roll? So when you get caught stealing something, basically you have to roll a number higher than their suspicion number. Otherwise you're going to get that much heat for my character. It was one less suspicion. So I guess technically I would have it easier uh, than most people for the same role. So my thought initially was, I'm just going to start at the cash register, which if you guys remember, has typically the highest value items, steal as much shit as I can, and then hope that if I do get caught, which did happen, uh, I could roll above that number. So um, because I'd have one less than normal. So I, I was just trying to steal as much stuff as I could in one spot and not move as many times. Um, and it still felt like really tedious because I can only steal so often. And I still had to take you know, two turns to move to the locker and put stuff in. So, like, it, it didn't seem like a very strong strategy compared to being, like, for example, Garrett being able to scream at anyone at any point in the game, anywhere, like, seemed <laughs> yeah. kind of like, not to say OP, but, like, it like it could have been... Always It useful. could have been always useful, yeah. And there's, right. for me, it's like, it wasn't always useful. What was your strat, Tom? My strat, like, it sort of fell Lose. through the cracks because... <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I had the ability to steal twice whenever I stole, but there were so many customers coming up and one of the problems with customers is that you cannot steal 
mm-hmm. when there is a customer in your aisle. And so I would have to frequently switch my tactics and try and do a slack. If there was a times two slack that was, uh, that came up through my, uh, through, through the game. And, uh, I didn't manage my heat very well. I really didn't. But then again, I did get hit with like three, your heat automatically goes up. And I was like, Oh, I got like eight eat left. I'm going to be fine. <laughs> It'll be I don't okay. need to lower my heat yet. And then I was fired before I knew it. But, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. So but- d- I think we need to, as we're, as you're kind of alluding to, you always had these customers on the board. Um, and, and during the playthrough, you were super frustrated by how cluttered the board was oh because every, God. during, after, or right before every player's turn, they draw new work cards. And so those come out of the board and they just right. get placed in it. And then you and, might draw a work card that says draw six more work cards. Which was nuts. <laughs> six is nuts. I don't know why they had to draw six. And yeah, so our board was just clutter. And, and I'm looking at pictures of other people playing and it seems to be, but basically you just have customers stacked on top of each other. So, and you need to be able to see them all, right? Like right. you need to know what your options are at any given location, but mm-hmm. just everybody has cards everywhere and they're just all you know, piled into these tiny spaces and tiny little areas on the board. And it, it, it was just, it was super hard to see compounded by the webcam issue, which right. was, uh, yeah. So it was, it was just insane. I mean, the work cards are smaller than normal, by the way, they're about one fourth the size of, I would say a regular blackjack card. Yeah. Like a fourth it's, or a third. It, yeah. I, it's very small cards. I think mm-hmm. like they're kind of like codename size, I guess is it like, I think most people should, yeah. I'm assuming I'm smaller we'll... than that. I promise they're smaller really? than, than the codename size. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, you know, if you, and the thing is, like, I'm looking at the picture of the board now, and it seems like they just didn't use their board real estate very well. So, like, there's a good chunk of the board right above the heat map, which is, like, a couple instructions, which, you know, again, could have just gone to the rule book that they could have used for real estate. And, like, there's a huge section that has the title of the board game on it itself, which, like, <laughs> right. it's, like it's just, like, taking up way too much room, considering how, like, you know, the cards have to move around and they, they kind of shrunk the, the art itself. And, like, right. I think you mentioned it before, Thomas, like, why is there even a bathroom? Like nobody ever needed to go into the bathroom. There's no point There's in going no into the bathroom. That, oh, right? I disagree. I, I disagree. The bathroom is is the uh, the, the save all. So like, because basically you can go to the bathroom and no one else can catch you. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's the move you make when you can't make the move to go store your stolen goods. So that's what I did at the end of the game. Mm. So it, I actually so nobody I, else I will, can go in the bathroom. Is that the rule? If somebody else goes into the bathroom, you get pushed out. Uh, so basically, okay. basically, you're safe from the boss because the boss either is either not in the bathroom or in the bathroom. So if the boss goes to the bathroom, you're pushed out. I see. Okay. So it's basically just a place to go hide. What about the cooler? If, if like what? High. What was like? I don't understand. I don't, I don't, cooler, I don't understand. Yeah, because cooler was another aisle, basically, right? Like yeah. it, it didn't. Cooler was yeah. It was just an aisle. It was just the next aisle. Yeah, cooler and fa- like I, that's why I didn't get. There's like they call them three aisles. Then they had a fountain aisle and then a cooler aisle. They're all functionally like, the same. So yeah, it's like the cooler didn't get any customers, and like every the other ones did. It's really the only. Yeah. it's a little. It's a little wrinkle. Yeah, it's no, a, I, I I agree for the most part. Yeah, it, it's functionally the it's same. It's functionally the same. It, like yeah, again, no customers. So technically, you can always seal in the cooler. But then like same thing goes for the fountain. Why would you have a fountain if it's the same? Like, why is a fountain different from aisles one through three? Like customers can go there and you can steal there unless. There was a specific reason that they had like higher value items, and nobody, you know, it doesn't ever say that. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was very procedural. Like, you know, you already mentioned Lord of the Rings, and that's what came to mind when we were playing this game. There was like, mm-hmm. uh, we we had a lot of small procedural things that we had to do over and over and over because there's so many moving parts, and it felt like the game's core mechanic was around a couple procedural things, just kind of patterned together, like kind of puzzled together. And so I didn't mm-hmm. feel like I was playing like. You know, some games that you play over a long time, like, like for example, Scythe, like, you know, once you get into hour two or one or two, like, the games are very different at that point. Like, you're doing very different things. Right. You've kind of developed, you know, it's, you know, you kind of developed out some things, like, you know. You're building an engine. You're building an engine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, things are getting more efficient, getting better. But this game just felt like, you know, whether or not you were in your fifth turn or your 50th turn, I was kind of doing the same thing, you know, and it didn't yeah. feel like, it, I was just kind of, it felt like I was waiting around for the game to end. Um, mm-hmm. Did you guys feel the same way? Yeah, dude. I, I think that yeah. kind of lends lends itself like this game's kind of in the purgatory. But like the games we have have been playing on Roll and Move are just like gutter trash and like like the right. bottom of the barrel yeah. type stuff. And this is kind of one of those games that is like 
in the hobby industry. Like this game is clearly made by somebody who has played games with, you know, lots of mechanisms right. with, mm-hmm. with uh push your luck type stuff. Like they have, they have these interesting stu- things and it's just like almost, almost like it, it, it's like, um, I don't know. It's like you see, see a, a, a highly well-produced movie, but it's, you know, it's just not as good as, you know, good stuff. It just tries so. to, I think it just tries to do too much, you know, like it tries to do a little bit of everything. Um, and it wasn't very clear what, what you needed to do at any point. And then it's funny because like a lot of people said that it was a gotcha game. I don't feel like we use that mechanism a lot, um, like too much. I know I know Garrett did it once and um, I thought I honestly thought that we were going to do it more, but I it didn't right. feel like we, we move the boss around that often. When I was playing with Allison, she really didn't like try and protect herself against all those gotcha mechanics. So I was I was moving the boss around a bunch when I was playing the right. game with her. Yeah. But it, I, I guess it sort of depends on the people that you're playing. Yeah, with, that's playing true. Styles, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I think I think you hit the nail on the head in regards to this game is just trying to dump all these mechanics out there. If they wanted a mechanic that was going to reduce heat, they already had that with servicing the customers, right? Like right. the customers that come in, you have a choice of either insulting them and gaining heat, but also gaining victory points. Or serving them and lowering your heat a little bit. What was the point of adding the other cards where you're like stocking shelves that also reduce your heat? If you've worked in the mechanic, right? Because I understand that they probably needed a way to do heat management. Uh, I don't think there's a need for that many card types. And especially that many repeating card types. Like the same card kept coming up over and over and over again. Uh, this game sort of had the opposite problem that uh, Pimps and Hoes has, where every card is unique. There yeah. are so many card copies in this little tiny deck that keep coming up again and again and again. Yeah. And your your board is just littered yeah. with all these different cards. It's very frustrating. Yeah, it's like like you said, like there is a heat reduction card itself, a point like yelling an insult card and then they did a combination of the two like they didn't need to do a combination of the two they could have kept them unique but they just right. did it so that they had another card variant and then you know mul- multiplicatively you just had a ton of cards and it's just it's too much right another thing that i thought was interesting is there's tons of the in the plot deck you have these little you have this a separate deck of cards that you have in your hand like it's a hand not a deck tom but uh it's a hand <laughs> of cards that you can play stupid, whenever you stupid. want stupid Super punching my head. Oh, idiot! <laughs> but you, have, you got a hand, and you can play it whenever you whenever you want it when it's your turn. And mm-hmm. most of the cards are move the boss here. Move yeah. the boss there. You can move here. You can move there. There is <laughs> one card in that deck that is special, and it's like you can pickpocket another player if they're on the same tile as you. I'm like, why are there no copies of that one? That's yeah. one of the more interesting cards that right. features and caters to the gotcha me- mechanic that the, I think the game is trying to foster. And there's only one copy out of like seventy something cards that are that are <laughs> that are in this game. And you have seventy three. Like, yeah. Yeah. You have you have like 15, 20 different versions of boss moves here, boss moves yeah. there. Yeah. And you only have one of the more interesting cards. The boss moves here or there killed me because it was like. Boss moves to aisle three and like, oh, I can only use it if it's my turn and moving it to aisle three is, would be functional because somebody else is on aisle three. And I had like a ton of those cards and I could never use them. And they could have consolidated into boss moves to anywhere on the board that right. you call. Because and- the work cards could also make the boss move, right? You draw your little work card before mm-hmm. you go. And instead of it saying like, oh, here's a slacking option or something like that, it just says boss moves to aisle three. Guess what? You can no longer play any of the plot cards in your hand to move the boss strategically because you can only move the boss once per turn. Unless you're Jeff's character and then it's your special (laughs) ability to move the boss after it's been sent to your turn or to your location. Game of a thousand wrinkles. There are (laughs) so many wrinkles with this game. There's so so much competing information going back and forth and it's hard to tell what's an echo and what's just new information that you're supposed to take in and move forward with i i think that's sort of like the really the the nail 
in the coffin for this yep. game. Yeah. But enough about our ranting about this game. Let's check in on what other people are saying about this game. Maybe they have a maybe they have some different opinions. Does anyone have any uh, anything to show for Board Game Geek, Amazon, anything like that, guys? Yeah, I'll pull one off Board Game Geek just to start. So, and I have, a ton of people are saying something similar. So, someone said someone gave it a 2. His name is um Cherry Lion, I guess. Cherry Lillian mm-hmm. um from Littleton, Colorado. Tried to play this game at a gaming convention the other day. The game premise cracked us up. It seemed like a lot of people like this kind of, I guess, like employee of the month style game. I don't know why. Um, as did many of the cards and descriptions of play. But when it came right down to it, we couldn't figure out how to proceed with a turn. So like, and they said there's going on to say that they're experienced gamers. Like they've played a ton of games and they couldn't really figure out what to do. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with that. But it, yeah, like a lot of people said they liked the premise. Um, I was, I, when, when Thomas first mentioned that, I thought it would be kind of funny. Uh, but I think it was just, a little bit fell a little bit flat on its face, I think. So, and you know, you know what I think the issue is for that, and I think this is going to come up in my personal review too. In a game that features and highlights slacking off, I shouldn't be doing this much damn work. Yeah, uh, I, I had one from Brandy on Amazon, and Amazon is uh, decidedly much more positive on this game. It's got four point six out of five stars. Only six reviews though. Mm-hmm. But Brandy, I I like what Brandy has to say. She says, "I love this game." Board game humor tends towards the dorky side of life, but the game's nice and dark. Most of it is embedded in the art, so it (laughs) makes paying attention to the details rewarding. There are some aspects that won't appeal to every gamer. Player elimination, goofy theme, and a fair bit of luck. And there are defiantly age limits, such as I don't think your 8-year-old should play. But overall, if you have a sense of humor, you enjoy playing games, and you like trying something new, then I think this would be the game for you. My case in point and the inspiration for writing a review, my mom likes it. I know you don't know my mom, but she hates games. <laughs> what does that have to do with being <laughs> dark? have to do with anything. If your mom likes the game, I don't know. Me thinks it's not too dark. I didn't really think that, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't really see uh, dropping a deuce in a urinal as uh, the epitome of <laughs> dark, dark board game content. Stealing cigarettes. Uh, dark. Oh. I will say you can steal a gun in the game, which is pretty funny. Um, But yeah, so it's a really mixed bag with people receiving the game. A lot of people like the theme and a lot of people uh, just think it gets bogged down in and of itself. And you can take a look at the clutter on some of the reviews for yourself. I think the theme was great. Like, I, you know, Thomas and I, we, we had talked before about possibly like this idea of like corporate ladder game where, you know, you're playing like this bureaucracy game and pushing paper and like, or one day you try to like get fired or maybe you right. try to become CEO or something, you know, similarly along the lines of this, you know, politics of being at like this nine to five, you know, grocery store job. But like, and I think that's fun, but it's just, yeah, the game itself, the gameplay just sucks out all the fun out of this like wacky idea of, you know, playing the politics game. Agreed. I don't know. You want to put a number to it? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I can, I'll give my overall review. I think, you know, it's, it's weirdly, it's a functional game. I think, and they, they spent like a lot of time, like, like, I guess too much time on the function of the game and explaining every little nuance. And I think that's where it kind of bogs itself down. It's just a game with too many cogs. Um, the artwork wasn't great. Uh, you know, again, it seemed like Thomas used the term prototype. It was very much a prototype game. It looks like it kind of looks like a, not like a flash game, but like, I don't know, like one of those games that you'd play as a kid on, I don't know. Newgrounds? Yeah, exactly. Like, like it's Tycho, just, like that, yeah, yeah, that art style. Exactly. Yeah. Like the background is, st- is stagnant and then you have art on top. The piece is kind of just sliding around and moving. So it's not really like interactive, if you will. Um, art's not great. I think, you know, they could have really simplified, simplified the complexity of the game. Obviously, there's way too many wrinkles in it. Um, they tried really hard with throwing every little nuance in there and it, and it just kind of does too much. And like I mentioned, it feels procedural. Like it feels like they want you to do something. They want you to do a couple core actions, but then multiply by three because there's wrinkles. And then you kind of do the same core actions over the span of an hour until the game's over. Um, and the game's over by some arbit. I won't call it arbitrary, but there's, they give a reason for why the game's over, but it doesn't feel like the game's ever progressing. It feels like you're just kind of doing the same thing and you kind of end up where you're ended up. So to me, it doesn't make sense to play 10 minutes of the game versus like 40 minutes into the game. It still feels like the same game, and I don't feel like I've made any real progress in the game. Like, I'm not really excited by, about stealing for the 18th time or getting mm-hmm. caught by the th- or scared about getting caught for the third time. You know, it doesn't, doesn't feel yeah. any different for me. Um, so, yeah, it is a functional game, unfortunately. So, I have to give some points for that. I don't think it's great. 
Um, art's okay. I think it's really convoluted. <laughs> I'm going to give it uh, like a two and a half. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, yeah, prototype. Speaking of which, we recently got our hands on some All Rise prototypes, and I, I, I would say, <laughs> I would say our quality is as good or better than this. Uh, not that their game is not fun. Uh, not that our game is not fun. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is that this feels like a game that if you brought it to you know your group of friends and you're like, I made a board game, and you know here it is, you would say this is a really good first draft. There's some cleaning up that needs to be done. There's some mechanics that can probably be stripped out. There's a couple of things that could be tightened up, and we could probably streamline the gameplay a little bit so that the game is more fitting into its theme. Uh, I think with the amount of focus and like that, the amount of focus and intensity that you have to have when you're getting ready to play this game, and not just over webcam, mind you, uh, and going back and reflecting over the rules and making sure you're doing everything right and resolving every issue. <clears throat> in accordance to the order that it needs to be resolved uh that's you're, you're doing a lot you know you are you're really having to work a, really hard for a game that's supposed to be all about you know kicking back and relaxing when you're not supposed to you know you're yeah. you're resort you're you're turning to the rule book quite a bit for a game that's supposed to be sticking it to the man so i feel like it's sort of the overbearing mechanics sort of fly in the face of what i think the game is really about like jeff said it still works though, and it was pretty fun when I played it with Allison. Uh, it works a little bit better, admittedly, when you're in the room to play it. So I'm not going to yeah. be as harsh as uh, I think maybe you guys might be. I'm going to give it a four. Uh, I would like to echo a lot of this, you know, like ten different mechanisms to basically just like it's push your luck. It's a risk versus reward. It's like how long do you want to stay and and gather points before how long do you want to go bank it and you know, that's been hashed upon and you don't need to 10 different mechanics to do that. Uh, what I did kind of want to touch on is like, <clears throat> I think it's interesting looking at this game compared to the rest of the roll and move catalog. And I think from a gameplay perspective, usually our games suffer from underdevelopment and like overproduction and like a lack of experience from the game designer. And this suffers from like the exact opposite. Like the game designer clearly had experience with, game mechanisms and and different like courses of difficulty and like more obscure ways to to introduce those things into board games but also they didn't have the money to have this like highly polished copy of a game so it, it kind of looks weird you know from a visual standpoint mm -hmm. so yeah I, I i think it's this game is this game kind of like I'm, I'm definitely going to remember this game in our catalog because it's so different from what we normally do yeah. just because of that because it's like mm -hmm this like they threw in all these different mechanisms that all just amount to the same thing. And, you know, I, I feel like clearly they knew what they were doing, but I, I don't think they took the time to sit down and say, is this fun on like the first game play or the second game play? Yeah. Um, but yeah, actually Tom, I, I agree with you. I, I think there is some fun to be had. Um, I'm not quite as low as Jeff. And I, I think it's, I think it's kind of rare that Jeff's lower than both of us, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um yeah, and actually, this game kind of reminds me of Spammers. Do y'all remember Spammers way back? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same kind of. I had a good time too. with Spammers. I thought it was it was kind of interesting. You know. Yeah, it's kind of like a it's like a take that, and it's it's got some that cartoony artwork, and it's like all these different mechanics that really just amount to the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, that's kind of where it falls for me. I, I was gonna go with like a four four point five as well. So uh, yeah, I'll do I'll do four point two five right 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 in the middle. Okay. All right. Very nice. All right, so what is our uh, Rough Draft Boys average there, Gare? We're at a 3.58. The Board Game Geek average is 5.8, so we're, you know, a couple points lower um, on the on the scale there. And, uh, you know, that's back in 2011. It's got 149 reviews. It's mm -hmm. got a it's got a pretty pretty nice distrib distribution curve there. I'm allowed so. to change my score on, on recording day, right? Can I <laughs> sure, drop it yeah, down yeah. another point? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you, you're I mean, giving it a one point five. Yeah, point five. I'm gonna give it a one point five. I feel like that. I feel like there's a little vindictive there. I Jeff, just want to exercise right. my right. <laughs> hey, it's like the guy that brings guns to campus. He's like, I'm just exercising my right, baby. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just exercising it's an open my right. carry state. Okay, I know my <laughs> rights. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. So still, we're at a three point two five for the rough, rough draft boys average. Uh, 
still you know, two and a half points below the board game geek average, which is you know part for the course for for us, I'd say. Okay. Well, I think then that means that it's time to uh, put the rating in gold. Uh, Garrett, would you like to uh, would you like to read our little review that we're going to be posting on boardgamegeek.com for everybody? Oh, I would love to. All right. Rough Draft Games writes, cut off my fingers just like the box said. Still not fun. 3.5 out of 10. <laughs> Update. Local game store isn't accepting returns on the account of them being, quote unquote, closed. Revised to 3.75 out of 10. Whatever that means. This We all know what that means. Oh, we're closed. Oh, yeah. And a business. Whatever. Hey, I, I've played Five Finger Severance. I know what that means. I You're know. Back in the back in the freezer, that's right. slacking off, <laughs> kissing people, making in the out. Freezer, that's it's, it's disgusting. Mm. You know, there's too many employees that are caught slacking off. And maybe this time, Garrett, you've learned your lesson, and you're no longer going to be a terrible employee who talks <laughs> bad about your employer on our show. Well, rather before our show. But if you would also like to uh, give Garrett a pointer or two about how to properly behave in a working environment, you can do so, ladies and gentlemen, by hitting us up on Twitter at Rough Draft Games. You can talk to Garrett about uh, future employment opportunities. And you know what? You can also talk to us about board games or you can just chit chat with us. You know, we love to talk. What else can they do, Garrett? Uh, if you're my worker's comp lawyer, uh, I need to, I guess, get a, I don't know, some insurance on this, uh, this thing I got on my, my on these foot. chopped yeah. off fingers. I don't know these fingers. Yeah, <laughs> these chopped off fingers. Uh, send me an email, roughdraftgames at gmail.com. I'm looking to, I don't know, miss four or five weeks. Just take that, take that <laughs> right off. <of> <laughs> uh, just take some time off. <laughs> Easy money. Uh, <laughs> and if you're gonna get fired for looking at some inappropriate content on the internet, come on over to roughdraftgames.com where we have games that will suit all of your needs under our thematic page. Uh, any game that you like, anything that you can eat, you can steal that from another island as well um, come listen to other episodes of roll and move and of course check out our game all rise when you do need that uh, workers comp lawyer uh, to help you out in that court case and interestingly enough there's nothing on our website that will get you fired at least we don't think there is so that's also a plus and lastly we would like to thank those of you who've gone on to itunes and rated us five stars to uh, sort of help spread the word about the show we really appreciate it it helps uh, helps us with what we're doing here and helps us get in contact with people who have not heard us before and haven't haven't heard the the, the message of love that we're sending out to the world but uh, we do appreciate those of you guys who have done that and if you haven't please do so but uh garrett i've i've been talking a mile a minute my brain is wired from playing this game i gotta <laughs> shut things down help me out well, a little good news uh i guess for you bad news for us corporate came down the rough draft uh games corporate just called in we're oh, really we're shutting the, we're, yeah we're shutting the cast down it's done so we have uh, a corporate yeah, you're fired, Tom and uh, Jeff. You're fired. So uh, we'll just we'll just go ahead and shut this off. You're corporate. Thanks for listening, everybody. Well, you know it's what I'm doing? I'm taking the Eddie mic. <laughs> Bye.